Good evening, Lake Church. How's everybody doing tonight? Good to be in God's house tonight. Are you excited? See what God has in store for us? Let's give a warm online welcome to the ones that are online. Amen. We're just going to go ahead and jump right in and get started. Um, Greater Ladies Retreat this weekend. Who's ready for that? All right. It's going to be out at the campgrounds. Uh, that's the 11th and the 12th Friday night at 6.30 p.m. Check-in begins at 6 with hot dogs and s'mores around the fire. And I'm sure you're going to need the fire because it's going to get cold. So, But I know you'll have a good time. Amen. And then Saturday morning we'll be starting breakfast then fellowship, and then move on to worship and the Word. And uh, your time will end at around 12 p.m. The cost is $25 a person, and you could sponsor youth for only $15 by using the promo code YOUTH. Also, don't forget we have pies for missions. So if you want to order a pie, you can see Bobbio or uh, uh, Tammy. Okay, or see Bob. You can order a pie. It'll be ready for Thanksgiving. Amen. I believe you'll enjoy it. There's all types of pies you can get, just about every kind. Right, Bob? So don't forget that. Also, uh, don't forget this Sunday morning, be here at 10 o'clock. Amen. Invite someone out. Amen. Invite someone out. It'll be an exciting time. Praise the Lord. Now, who's ready to give to the Lord? Amen. Are you ready for offering? There are some ways you can give. You can give with the envelopes and the seat backs in front of you. You can go online at lake-church.com, or you can do the text to give. Uh, also, we've got our, our app. You can go on there. That's probably the easiest way to give unless you're old school and you just like to put it in the envelope. Tonight, there'll be a bucket in the back. If you want to give on the way out, you can give. And uh, I think that's about it. I hope you're excited. I think, I think Pastor Bob's got something special for us tonight. Amen. I'm excited about it. We're going to go ahead and pray, and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless the gift and the giver. Multiply and meet the needs for the church and for the community and for your kingdom, Lord. We give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, you guys are all spread out everywhere. How y'all doing? Well... As you see, we're down a little bit in attendance tonight, but it's not because people are laying out. We've got a revival that we've been doing over at James Johnson's church in West Tulsa. And I have to tell you, it's been a powerful time, powerful meetings. And uh, tonight, our own Jaden Hurd, pastor's son, is over there preaching tonight. And I'm, I'm kind of wishing I was over there. Because I like hearing old Jaden. He gets a little fired up. <coughs> Excuse me. So tonight, before we get going, um, well, they ain't here, so we're going to pray over a couple of the ladies of our church. Um, Tammy Weir's mother, Barbara, she's going to be having some surgery here real soon. And then uh, also... Um, Bud Reed's wife, um, her name escaped me, forgive me, but she's going to be having shoulder, I keep saying soldier surgery, (laughs) bad, twisted tongue already tonight, but she's going to have surgery on her shoulder. So 
Would you all stand with me and let's pray for these people. And then what we're going to do is we're just going to pray a little bit, enter in, and kind of stir ourselves up tonight. How's that? Father God, we just bring Barbara and Maudie to you tonight, Lord. And you know these surgeries that are going to take place, Father. Lord, I just ask that you put your hands upon those surgeons. Lord, no problems with anesthesia, no problems with these surgeries, no problems with any of their scheduling or anything like that. Lord, that everything goes quickly and smoothly, Father. We just command healing in their bodies that they will have supernatural recovery, that they will be able to come through these surgeries, walk through them, and come out on the other side well and whole and just doing great, Lord. Now tonight, Lord, we thank you for your spirit that's here. Lord, I thank you tonight that we will hear your voice we will feel your presence. Holy Spirit, I invite you right now to speak through me. And Lord, I thank you that you're going to help me tonight. <clears throat> Lord, I just thank you that you are with us. Lord, I thank you because you are a sweet, sweet Savior. And I thank you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. I think everybody's kind of like me tonight. You just kind of. Want to go to sleep? No, I'm just kidding. You may be seated. I don't know. You might want to go to sleep. Who knows? If you have your Bibles, and I hope you have your Bibles, open to Psalms chapter 46. How many of you enjoyed Jesse's message last week? That was a good message. Stirred me up. I enjoyed it, Jesse. Thank you so much. I won't take you out in the parking lot and cause any problems. I like picking on Jesse and he knows it. So. As you see, the title of my message tonight is Stand Still. And there's a reason why I'm doing this message. And it's because of myself. I don't like to preach things that I haven't experienced or gone through myself. And recently, um, and that's why Jesse's message hit me good, is because the Lord has been dealing with me about standing still. One of the problems we have in our society today, and one of the problems I have a lot, is I just go and go and go. I don't stop. I don't slow down. I mean, if Leela didn't make me come to bed at times, I'd be up till midnight every night because I'm just doing stuff. And it's not that I'm doing anything really good. I mean, sometimes I'm just watching a stupid movie or something. But I just get myself in that rut of going and going and going and going Get up, go to work, go to church, come home, eat, whatever. And I think all of us have this scenario because, you know, we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where we have to work. And wouldn't it be wonderful if all you could do all day is just stay home and study the Bible? 
guess what? It doesn't work. Because none of us have the discipline to sit at home and study the word all day long. I mean, you know, you have to force yourself to do these things. And, and there's so many, you know, Leela and I are blessed. You know, we're old enough now that our kids are married and they have their, you know, we got grandkids and they come over once in a while. But we just shoo everybody out of the house. So we don't have to deal with a bunch of screaming little kids running around the house and, and I want this and I want that. Not like some of you younger parents. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Even teenagers, oh my goodness. That's why I'm bald. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But you know what I'm saying because there is always something to distract us. There's something that pulls us away. I mean, you lay down in bed. Now, Leela's an exception, and probably some of you other people. She can hit the pillow, and she's out. Me, I lay there, and my mind's going, and going, and going. And then I start thinking, what am I going to do tomorrow? Oh, I got to do this tomorrow. Oh, yeah, Rebecca asked me to do this. I got to go do this. I got to do that. Oh, and then I got to do this. And 150 miles an hour. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Brain, shut down, please. I want to sleep. My body's tired. But yet, your brain is just going. And then, you know, we got all this election stuff. I don't even know how they figure what they're doing out. I would have thought everything would have been done yesterday, but they're still fighting over it, I think. And it's stupid. And, I mean, if you get into all that stuff, that stuff will twist you up so sideways, backwards. Then you watch the news, and this person got shot here, and this person got killed here. Everything in this fallen world is there to distract us. And we have bought into the distractions of the world. We go to work. Yeah, we got to have money, so we go to work. But isn't that a distraction? Dealing with your kids, isn't that a distraction? So let's read Psalms 46, starting verse 1. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. You know, this isn't something that we always talk about. We know it's here. And, and we, when we get in trouble, this is the first place we turn to. God's my refuge. God's my strength. Woohoo! We get excited. And we should. Don't get me wrong, but how often do you turn to this scripture and meditate on this scripture and think about this scripture when you're not in trouble? How many times do we open the word only when we need something? Let's go on. Therefore, we will not fear Though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. 
though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. There is a river, the streams, whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. <coughs> Excuse me. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early. The heathen rage. The kingdoms were moved. He uttereth his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. Oh, you missed a chance right there. Thank you, Jesse, for that holy amen. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he has made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow. He cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariots in fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen and I will be exalted in the earth. With everything that's going on in the earth, everything that you and I fight with in the natural, it's He's talking about this up here in verse um, 6. The heathen rage. I mean, there are people going ballistic on Facebook about these elections already. Well, we should have won by a landslide. Well, we should have lost. And we, you know, all this stuff. The heathen's rage. People, it's going to happen. But what are you doing? Are you out there posting on Facebook? Well, I'm this, and I think somebody should have won, and this and that. Who flipping cares? Leela has this, this saying that I, I hate, but I like. <laughs> Will it matter eternally? Will it really matter eternally? I mean, we're God's children. We got our home in heaven. The only thing that matters eternally is for us to do the job that God put us here on earth to do, and that's to go and win the lost. <clears throat> so does the election... Does the gas prices, do food prices, which have gone up a lot, does that matter eternally? It's temporal. It only lasts for a little bit. But yet we look at all these things. We look at our job. Yeah, we got to have money to live. I know all that. I mean, come on. I don't have a tree out back that gives me gold bars. If I did, I'd share them with you, Craig. Uh, 
I saw you looking at me like that. But, you know, I don't have one of those gold-producing trees. And if you have one and you're hiding it, please share it with the church. No. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I mean, we get so concerned over things. But, you know, as the book of Matthew says, if God feeds the birds of the air and the rabbits and all that of the field, how much more will he take care of us? You know what faith is? Faith is trusting in God when there's plenty and when there's not plenty. It's being consistent with what God has. And you know what? Leela and I have been where there has been lack. And we've been where there's been plenty. Now I have to say I like the plenty better than the lack. And I think all of us would agree. But see, God... In the scripture, he said, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. What do we as people normally do when things go awry? <laughs> oh, my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to pay that bill. My husband don't love me no more. I don't have a husband, by the way. <laughs> Who knows nowadays, right? But, I mean, think about it, guys. We get so wrapped up in the things that are carnal, the things that are worldly, the things that, that don't matter. And yet, we think it's okay. And listen, I'm not saying that you shouldn't worry about, you know, feeding your kids or things like that. It's important. I mean, I like to eat a good meal once in a while. I haven't suffered too much. But what I'm trying to say is we get so worried about the things that we shouldn't be concerned. And, and God says here, Verse 10, be still and know that I am God. This word still, it, it's exactly what it means. Stop moving. Stop making a sound. Deep silence. Here's one we don't always know. Calm. We live in a, a world that's in turmoil constantly. The enemy is agitating and agitating and agitating. You know, the, the word for devil is ebolas, and it means you know, to throw repeatedly. Repeatedly. Accusations, turmoil, problem, throwing and throwing. And when things are bombarding us like that, when things are hitting our minds like that, it's difficult to calm yourself. 
When, when you're in the midst of a problem, I'll be the first one to admit it. When I'm in the midst of a problem, I don't always run to God first. That's why I've been dealing with me on this. But he says, be still and know that I am God. You know that statement right there, I was meditating on it and I was thinking, okay, shut your mind, shut your mouth, Bob. Hard for me to do. And know that I am God. You know, it's not so much about me just shutting my mouth or having nothing going on in my brain. It's really about knowing he's God. We, we struggle. I struggle with knowing he's God. Even though he's done so many great things for me, I still to this day struggle with knowing who he is, who my identity in him is. Because we, we tend to look into the natural, the five senses. We tend to think that we can do it ourselves. Man, I, I'm going to talk to you for a minute. We're all macho, right? We can do anything. I mean, I know old Jack over there, he can fix something with baling wire and duct tape. That's true, too. <laughs> it is true. But, I mean, that's the way we men are. Well, I don't need nobody. I'm a self-made man. I've got where I am today because I didn't even need God. We get that attitude sometimes. Be still and know that I am God. I want to share a story with you found in 1 Kings. You can turn over there, 1 Kings 18. <clears throat> and you all know this story. How many of you know who Elijah was? A prophet of fire. Fire, <clears throat> excuse me, that water went down the wrong way. So, here's Elijah. He comes in, and he basically takes on 250 prophets of Baal. And, I mean, this man knew God. He had several miracles before. And so he starts taunting these guys. I mean, they're, they're up there and they're doing their little rituals and they're doing their chants and, you know, they build two altars and, and he says, well, the first God that answers by fire, that's the true living God. So they accepted the challenge and they're over there, and they're doing this for hours and hours. You can read the whole passage. And they're cutting themselves. They're doing their hocus-pocus and all their voodoo-hoodoo or whatever they did. And he's over there going, 
You got to sleep, ain't he? <laughs> you better go wake him up. I mean, that's, that's how I envision it. I've got a wild imagination, okay? But I just think of Elijah. I mean, here's, he's a rough, gruff kind of guy. And he don't give a flip about nobody making fun of him. He just don't care. And he knows that he serves a living God and a God that's answered in miracles. And so he goes and he prays and he says, listen, I ain't even going to use, he said, pour water on this thing. Oh, more water. Dig a trench. Fill the trench. Pour more water. Okay, God. Your turn. I mean, he didn't say it in that way, I'm sure. But, you know, that's really what he was saying. It's your turn. And not only did the sacrifice get burned up, all the wood, all the rock, everything, just poof. Now, if I was to witness that, I'd be like on my face, oh, that's God, that's God, he's real, he's real. Did you know that you had the same thing happen in your life? How many of you born again in here? The God that answered by fire filled you with the same Holy Spirit, fire. So he goes on. And of course the story goes on and says, well, they went and executed all 250 of them prophets. To Baal. So, you know, Elijah, he's strutting around. Man, that was bad, dude. Man, I just think that was the hottest thing ever. <laughs> Get the pun. <laughs> and, you know, all of a sudden, in chapter 19, Ahab, he wasn't the Arab. Only a few of you are old enough to get that joke. All right, so Ahab, he goes and runs to Jezebel. Now, we all know who Jezebel is, you know. She's that wicked woman. They even wrote a song about her. I won't go there. Full of jokes tonight, sorry. And she says, well, you go get this guy, and we're going to do worse to him than what he's done. Now, women, I know you are pretty powerful. I'm afraid of my wife at times. <laughs> just kidding, honey. But I mean, think about it. He just, he just wiped out. Can't help it, Rebecca. I'm on a roll tonight. He just wiped out 250 of these devil-worshiping People, he didn't, God did, basically. God proved himself. And so he's, he's there. He's got to be like, that's my God. That's my God. 
Then he gets word that Jezebel's after him. And he freaks out. How many times have we had miracles happen in our lives? God has showed up on the scene, and he has done great and mighty things. And then a cold or COVID or some stupid thing, car accident or somebody in the family gets sick, and we freak out. Because we tend to act upon the natural. We tend to act upon our instinct. And our instincts are of this fallen world. I don't care how long you've been born again, how much you've served in the church. We battle with this constantly. Because we live in a fallen world. And because of that, Satan, the devil, is throwing and throwing and throwing. You're not worthy. You're not good enough. You don't have enough. You don't have enough faith. You don't have enough money. Your kids are never going to amount to anything. You weren't amounting to anything. So you, they're not going to amount to anything. He is constantly, constantly bombarding us, just like when Elijah was attacked by Jezebel's words. He just heard that she was trying to hunt him down. She didn't even come close to finding him. And so he runs and he goes, hides in the wilderness. And you, you all know the story. You've heard this story. But he's out there in the wilderness and the angels come and the, and the ravens and all that and they feed him and they, he finds drink and all this. And he's out there. And he's like, but God, but Joel, I'm the only preacher left. No, you're not a preacher. I'm the only one left. I'm the only one. Oh, poor me, pitiful me. I'm here hiding in the wilderness. Nobody cares. God doesn't even care. And he went into the cave, and he lodged there. Verse 9, chapter 19. And the word of the Lord came to him. And the word of the Lord came to Craig. And the word of the Lord came to Savannah. And the word of the Lord came to JL. What's this? The word of the Lord. You know, if you want a word from the Lord, open it up. But he didn't have a Bible. The Lord actually showed up and was talking to him. In verse 10, 
Well, hold on, I'll go back to 9. It says, Word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What are you doing here, Elijah? That's what God was telling me. He said, Bob, why are you in this state? Why are you in fear? Why are you in doubt? Why are you here? Uh, I don't know. Which way do I go, George? I mean, sometimes we, we just act. That's how I felt. I felt so stupid. God didn't make me feel stupid. I felt stupid because I didn't really have an answer. Because I was so busy trying to be busy to do the busy of God to be busy for him that I was missing the call and the busy that he wanted me to be busy about. And if you can interpret that, you're great. (laughs) But I think you get what I'm saying. We get so tied up with everything that we get so twisted inside that we don't even know if it's Tuesday, Wednesday, or Friday. It's Taco Monday. That's what it is. I know it is. Because I declare it. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, we, we just get so crazy. I mean, you know, he was here. He had fasted. How many times has the Lord talked to you like that? What are you doing here? I think those are probably words that we don't like to hear. Those are words that when we hear them, we just go, that had to have been devil. I know that was the devil. He's telling me stuff I don't want to hear. Have you ever noticed how easy it is to say the devil said it when we don't like what it is? You must be hearing the wrong voices. And so God says, or Elijah says, well, in verse 10, I have been very jealous for thee, Lord God of the hosts, For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant. They've thrown down their altars and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, oh, just I, am the only one left. And they seek my life. You know what he did right there? He got into pride. Yes, Lord, I'm the only one left. You called me, and I'm so super Jehovah-ness. That's a new word, by the way. Add that to the book of Bobby's. There's a book I'm writing, Terms of Bob. But 
He thinks he's all that in a bag of chips. And they didn't even have chips back then. And so he's saying, Lord, I, only I. Now, I find it interesting because sometimes we think we're smarter than God. Oh, you don't think that? You're lying to me. Because I know I've done it, so I know you've had to do it. Sometimes we think we know better than God. That's just the bottom line. So Elijah, I mean, this is the prophet of fire. This is a dude you didn't mess with. He burned you up. And he's saying, I and only I am left. And they seek my life to take it away. So what's God do? Okay. Had it about this much with you? You want to find fire? No, he didn't say that. But he probably thought it. If I would have been God, I'd be going, you're going to find out what that fire feels like, brother. But, but no, what he did, he said, all right, go for it and stand on that mountain before the Lord. So, said that the Lord passed by with a great and strong wind, and he rent the mountain, means it shook it apart, messed it up, tore it down, rocks were falling. Then there was a wind. It wasn't the day of Pentecost. It wasn't the Holy Ghost wind. This was a wind that was strong. And after the wind, an earthquake. Now, I grew up in California. I know what a few earthquakes feel like. You shake, rattle, and roll. And hopefully your house doesn't come down. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after an earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. In our lives, we have every one of these scenarios happen. We have the wind, we have the earthquakes, and we have the fires. What are they? Wind is turbulence. I mean, we've had strong winds here in Oklahoma, but we got what you call a tornado. And when you see the damage a tornado can do, when you've been in typhoons or hurricanes, 
and see the damage from wind. It's mind-blowing. It's an unseen outside pressure. It's loud. It's deafening. How many times in our lives do we go through the winds of turbulence? How many times do we have unseen outside forces that come against us and start to blow us down? And we're screaming and we're yelling and no one can hear us because the sound of it is so deafening. Then we experience the earthquakes. Earthquakes make you unbalanced. You can't stand on your own two feet. They shake you to the core. And they come out of nowhere and then they destroy. In our lives, we have earthquakes. They knock us off balance serving God. They knock us off balance with our families, our friends, and our communities and work. And they shake you so bad that you don't think that you could ever recover that you're so scared and fearful because they've shaken you so deep that there's no way in the human possibility that you can overcome it. And it starts to destroy you from the inside out because of the fear and the fire. It's hot. It's painful. It's consuming. It's life-taking. How many times have you lost loved ones? Or how many times have you gone through tragedy? And it's so intense, the heat from all of the pain that you're suffering and the agony and the anguish that you can't even think straight because it's burning in your soul, in your mind, will, and emotion. These are things that God was showing Elijah. He said, these are things that you're going to face. This woman chasing you, that's all she's doing to you. She's causing a wind. She's causing an earthquake. She's causing a fire. And you have brought them into yourself. And you have allowed yourself to be consumed by these things that are meant to destroy you. But God, but God, we'll paraphrase again. Shut up, Elijah, and listen. Still your mind, still your soul. Listen. Quit being busy. <clears throat> Story goes on. Elijah finds out that God reserved a hundred more. He wasn't the only one left. He wasn't the only one 
You're not the only one going through the problems that you're going through today. There is not anything that you're going through today that someone else hasn't already gone through or been through. When we go through problems, we think that it is a personal, individualized, satanic attack. It ain't. Every one of us have gone through the wind, the earthquake, and the fire. It's just been at different times in our lives, in different situations in our lives. But we have all gone through all three of those scenarios sometime in our life. Some more extreme than others, some maybe just a hint of it. I know many of you in here, and you've gone through these things in Spades, as they say. And you've been hurt and you've been knocked down. And my point is, don't let the busyness of the wind, don't let the shaking of the earthquake, don't let the heat of the moments deter you from hearing what God has for you. We all are busy. We all have 550,000 things to do. But we need to slow down. We need to take time And it's hard. Well, I pray on the way to work. Thank God you do. I'm serious. Thank God you do. I'm not making fun of it. Or I pray at work. Praise God you do. But when do you stand still? When was the last time God really spoke to you when you were just sitting there waiting on him to talk? Like I said, I talk a lot. I don't talk as much as some people. But I talk a lot. I won't go there. Stop it, Joel. Getting me in trouble here. But think about it. When do we shut up? I mean, when we pray, what do we pray? Well, Lord, I need a new car. Oh, would you help my kids? They're being stupid. Yeah, help my my spouse. They're being ugly to me. I mean, we pray stupid stuff like that all the time. We don't pray, you know, Lord, bless our pastor. Help him to have the word of God that we need. Maybe some of you do. I don't know. You know, please don't think I don't think you pray that. But but most of the time when we pray, I know I'm that way. I pray for my needs. Bless me, my four, no more. And God dealt with me. He said, shut up and I'll tell you what to pray. So tonight we're going to do something a little different. Mark, would you turn that music on for me, please?
Right. So. Like I said, I talk too much. Close your eyes. There are things tonight that God wants to reveal to you. Quiet your minds. Quiet your thoughts. The only thing I want you to say is, Lord, speak. told me he's going to speak to some of you about things you've been going through things that you will go through destinies and situations
Thank you, Jesus. Did you feel the peace come into the room? Did you feel the peace come over you? That was a total of eight minutes. Just eight minutes. Just think if you took 20, 30. Isaiah 40 says this in verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. When the things of life start bombarding you, when things get overwhelming or the pressures or the kids or just life stop for eight minutes and allow the Holy Spirit and God to speak to you and bring you peace that is the true meaning of resting in the Lord Tonight, if there's anyone that needs prayer, at this time I'll ask some of our counselors to come up to pray. If you need prayer before we dismiss tonight, please come up and allow these people to pray with you. If not, go in peace, go in rest, and enjoy the rest of the week. Thank you.